What is the most used man-made material on earth? You guessed right, it's concrete. Look around, it's everywhere. Sidewalks, driveways, foundations, floors you stand on, and even entire buildings are made out of concrete. So why don't we discuss it more? In each episode of Concrete Logic, we will explore one concrete-related topic with the help from industry professionals that are shaping the future of the trade. We'll talk with suppliers, contractors, architects, engineers, specialists, and even some proponents of competing materials about their views of concrete and their vision of its future. And welcome to another episode of the Concrete Logic Podcast. And today I have Dave Mulcahy with GPRS. We're going to talk about concrete sawing and drilling and the technology to use to make it safer. Uh, so Dave, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. And, yep. And as I've been doing to you guys, the last, I don't know, it's getting up there, handful of episodes is sharing with you the way you can support the podcast. So there's three ways. First of all, if you learned something out of the podcast today, as I'm talking to Dave, please share it with a, a colleague or someone you think would get some value out of the podcast. That's the first way. The second way is no one's done this yet. So if you do this, you'll be the first. Well, I, can, I, I can't say that. Someone actually came on one time and left me a very nice voicemail. Yeah, but anyways, if you go to the website and they're in the at the homepage in the bottom right hand corner, there's a microphone. You can record a voicemail to me and give me an idea for a guest or a topic, or give me some feedback on the on the podcast. And if you want in the voicemail, if you want me to play it on an episode, I will play it on the episode. So just let me know. And then the third way is in the upper right hand corner on the home page there is a donate button so if you get some value out of our discussion today and you think it's worth something you go up you go to that home page hit that donate button and you can donate any amount you want to there's no set amount you can put whatever you want in there and if you do that I've, i failed to mention this but when you do that you get listed as a producer of the next episode that's released so your name will come out with that episode and I'm going to work on a web page where I'm going to list everybody that's donated to the show. And like I said, your name will be credited to that particular episode. And you can put it on LinkedIn, say, hey, I, pr I produced a podcast episode, and I'll back you up. I'll say, hey, they did. So try it out, those three things out, and that's it. So Dave... We can get started on the topic of today. Like I mentioned, we want to talk about concrete drilling and sawing and the technology that we can use to make it safer. So what is that technology? Well, let's start with the, the technology. Like you said, there's uh, really two major technologies for scanning concrete, we like to say. So scanning concrete, finding out what's either in concrete or directly below it. The old school technology of x-ray, where we're, you're putting a plate on the bottom side of a, a slab, a, a elevated slab, and a, a plate on the top, and you're actually use, shooting x-rays to create an image or a picture. That's the older technology. It's been around for a little while. What we use is ground penetrating radar. We start Our business started in 2001 uh, with our 
single owner in Toledo, Ohio, bought a system, bought a ground penetrating radar system and was scanning concrete to locate post-tension cables, electrical conduits, rebar, pretty much anything in or directly below the concrete to allow for safe sawing and drilling to not hit those things in the concrete. Yeah, because usually isn't that technology prior to that, wasn't it used for like finding utilities and things like that? Or was it always used for concrete? Well, I think, again, there's probably some fact checkers or GPR gurus that might want to come back to me. But initially, GPR was a military technology. I think they were looking for either unexplosive ordinances, uh, landmines, uh, different things like that. Commercially, once they started applying it, it went for utility locating and then, of course, into the concrete scanning. So, yeah, locating under underground objects or anything subsurface uh, is really what ground penetrating radar is all about. Got it. Huh. And then uh, you guys started in Ohio. It's, this is another co co concrete company started in Ohio. It seems like everything concrete starts in Ohio. <laughs> But anyways, so yeah, so you guys talk about this a lot, the concrete sawing and drilling safety. You actually have a whole week dedicated to it. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Concrete sawing and drilling safety week is, I think we've sponsored it for three or four years now. We've been the lead sponsor where we're going to job sites and really sharing the message of safety on when, it, when a blade's hitting the, the concrete, when a drill bit's hitting the concrete, what are the steps we're going to take to avoid injury and, and, and avoid fatalities as well? And it's something that we've really grasped, kind of wrapped our arms around and, and really getting the idea of let's get the message out to as many people as possible. I think over the last three years, we're up to some 20,000 workers that have been educated on really the message that we're trying to put out there. Wow. So what what do you guys, I guess, cover in that? What's the big thing that you tell these guys to look out for? Well, I think the big things that we want to first point out, okay, there, there are some major incidents that could happen, right? You could have slips, trips, and falls. You could have pinch points. You could have uh, structural damage when you hit post-tension. You could have electrical shock from hitting electro. So we want to point out that there's dangers, and I think a lot of people know that, but maybe you forget throughout time. I forget that when I'm saw cutting, there could be something that I don't see. And the one thing we want to educate is, one, we want to challenge every employee on that job site. What is your process? What is your safety process that you're going through every time a drill bit's hitting the concrete? What, what are you going to make sure is not there or is there? What are the safety precautions you're going to take? PPE, making sure that we've cleaned up all of that kind of stuff. And then we want to really walk them through, now that they've thought about what their process is, we want to walk through what are those five steps, those five key steps that everyone should take before that blade hits the concrete. And that includes scanning the concrete, that includes going through and walking that site with, with team members or with a competent person, uh, and then ultimately discussing those findings before that blade hits the concrete. So you go through what they're cutting, mm -hmm. What are the possible dangers and how to reduce those dangers or risks, right? You got it. Yeah. All right. I'm, already, I'm on it. Can you walk us through uh, these safety seminars that you guys put on? Or could you give us an idea of how you would set something up like that? You're going to go talk to some concrete contractor who does a lot of cutting of walls or mm -hmm. maybe concrete decks. That's what I'm familiar with doing. I was sharing with Dave before we hit record. I usually, 
And my experience with GPRS is you call these folks when you're in trouble, when you forgot to do something like you left, you forgot to leave an opening in a wall or in the deck and you're, and there's, it's gotta be there. There's no getting around it. You've checked with the architect, the structural engineer, the mechanical engineer and you say, Hey, we forgot to do this box out. Is there another way to whatever was supposed to go through that wall or that floor? Is there another way for us to handle it? And they say, no, you should have put the opening there. And then you're like, crap. So we got to cut it. And you want to know what's in there before you go in there and cut it. And that's when you call the GPRS folks. So tell us about it. when you get that phone call and someone reaches out to GPRS, could you tell us how you would walk through that, those safety procedures or protocols that you would do? Of course. Yeah. And it's, it's funny you mentioned that's exactly typically the phone calls we're getting. And if we think about this as a high rise build out, 30, 40 floors that are getting built out, a lot of times a plumbing can could be kicked out of place or missed altogether. Or funny enough, the owner decides at the 15th floor, we want to switch out around all of the plumbing for floors 16 through 40. And they've already, all the decks have already been poured. So a lot of those situations happen where they say, okay, plans changed, something was missed, we need to scan the deck so we can clearly punch a hole through this without hitting anything dangerous. Again, that's electrical conduits, that's post-tension cables. And a lot of times it's it could be the structural rebar. The, the structural engineer is saying, hey, we can't cut through any main bars here that are involved with beams or anything like that. So that's where we come in and scan that. Now, to your point, the step-by-step procedure that we're going to take on a job site. First and foremost, we want to figure out, tell us more about this slab. What, what are we dealing with? Is it post-tension? Do we know of any live electrical lines in this deck? If it is not a new build, it could be a, a tenant improvement. It could be something that's uh, been up for many years, and there might be information. There might not be information on what is going on in that deck. So we're going to try to do a little research first. Uh, next thing we're going to do is we're going to really walk that job site. Uh, usually in, on an open slab, you can see there's a lot of conduits that are coming in and out of this slab. Well, that might be an indication that there is uh, a conduit running in the deck. So that's going to give us a lot more information before we actually pull the scanner out and start scanning the deck. So uh, another indication of that is uh, I always think of a parking garage. If you look up in lights uh, uh, on the ceiling of a parking garage, well, sometimes you'll see conduits running to and from them, and sometimes you won't. So if you know that there's no conduits running from and to, to and from those lights, that means there's electrical running through the deck. So a, a lot of indications will get on a job site just from walking and getting a lot more information. Then, then we're going to go ahead and apply the technology. We're going to pull out that scanner. We're going to scan that deck. We're going to mark out this is where our obstructions are. Here's rebar. Here's post-tension. We're going to indicate each one of those um, items that we find or targets. We like to call them targets in our industry, those targets that we find and lay those out on the deck. Then one of the most important key points is we need to communicate that directly with who is our site contact and who is going to be the person holding that drill bit. As long as that information gets to the person holding the drill bit, holding the saw blade, we feel comfortable that's going to be a smooth job. It, it, that little miscommunication, funny enough, is where a lot of incidents happen because we might lay it out perfectly and they say, oh, I, it was marked here in red. That's why that's where I cut. Well, the red meant that was bad. Don't go there. You should have gone where the big green box was. Oh, yeah. that's That would be cr- crucial <laughs> to know. 
So what's that, the GPRS, the actual machine, what does that look like? And can you explain what that is? So a, a GPR machine, again, G, we keep using the acronym, but the GPR, Ground Penetrating Radar, our company, Ground Penetrating Radar Systems. So it, it's an important tool. It's put in the name of the company. The GPR, and it looks different per the manufacturer. A lot of manufacturers, it looks like some type of handheld cart or buggy. Uh, that you're rolling across the concrete, and then some type of visual display. Uh, so you got maybe an iPad uh, or some type of monitor where you're looking at what the antenna, which is the handheld, is picking up. So as you're rolling this across the ground, uh, again, there's a lot of people that know a lot more about GPR, the technology, than me, uh, but I'll give the layman term for it. So what we're doing as we're rolling this cart across the ground, across the concrete, it's sending radio pulses into the concrete. And that is, and then turn bouncing back, very similar to a sonar. If I'm giving the layman, I, I give the idea of imagine a submarine underneath the ocean that's sending out so sonar waves that's bouncing off the sea walls and allowing the submarine to understand, okay, this is how far the sea wall is, this is how far the the floor is, that kind of thing. So very similar in that technology. It's sending pulses into the concrete. Then that's bouncing back up to the antenna saying, okay, yes, there is something here. There's not something here. Uh, and then we're able to follow those targets. Again, I mentioned targets. We'll follow those out and mark those on the deck so you can see exactly what we found. And when you, I guess, when you run the GPR machine across there, it just ignores the concrete. How's that? Do you know how that works? It sees the concrete, and that's the great thing. So you actually will calculate the machine to see, okay, the concrete is the, the medium. And if it's either greener concrete or drier concrete, you can adjust the medium up and down. So it, the funny thing is the GPR, the technology, it reacts really strong to air in a sense where it, it feels like the air is such a difference compared to concrete. So that's why it's a really good tool for telling how thick the concrete is. So let's say an elevated slab, if it's eight inches thick, as we go across, we can see exactly where that turns to air because it reacts so much differently once it gets to air. So it, you got the consistent medium of concrete and then everything in between that, it will shine off as, hey, something's different here. So it could be a rebar, post-tension conduit, that kind of thing. So that that's why the tool really is effective. Oh, that's pretty cool. It. So, and then as it, those readings bounce off there, it creates an image on the monitor that you're carrying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that image, again, I like to speak in layman terms more often, but I, I like to say we're getting a cross section. So when we take a scan across the deck with said GPR, the antenna, it's creating what, if you took like a layered cake and took a slice of that layered cake and then lifted that out, that's what you're seeing on that, on that monitor. You're actually seeing a cross section of, okay, here's how thick the slab is down to eight inches. And then here's all of the targets or indications that you got when you took that scan across the concrete. Huh. And is there uh, any limitations to it? Like how thick can the concrete be or? Yeah. Is, uh, again, that does play into, there's always the, if, if win scenario, if there, if the deck is cured and not having any issues as far as green decks, you won't penetrate as far because there's still moisture in that concrete. The drier yeah. the concrete, the more you're going to penetrate. Usually ground penetrating radar, 16, 18, we've seen up to 20 inches thick of concrete you can penetrate if you have access to one side of that deck. Huh. 
All right. So, and that's both vertical and horizontal. So if you were doing a wall, same thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. We've done several walls that could be 30 inches thick. We'll just scan both sides and that way we're able to penetrate that entire thickness. So that is, it doesn't matter if you're on a wall, a ceiling, we scan ceilings all the time for anchors to go in for strut or whatever. And after you do a scan, is, is there a way, whatever you scan and the information you scan, is, is there a way to use the same technology as like the BIM modeling software? Can you drop that info in like a building information model? It's yeah. I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up too. Uh, previously, you had mentioned that a lot of times we get called for the oh no, something went wrong. We need to scan this so it can punch a new hole or, or create an opening in the wall, like you you mentioned. Uh, we're seeing far more customers get ahead of it. Where once they they'll pour the deck and and before they even plan on where the holes are going to punch, they'll have us come out and scan and create a, an entire Revit BIM model of that space. And what we'll do is we'll scan that and then we can capture all of our marks with a, a 3D laser camera and transfer all of that data and actually give you a model that's three-dimensional to tell you, okay, here's where post-tension cables are running. Here's a bundle of three. This is where it's dipping up and down throughout the deck. This is where it's waving back and forth. And you can plan all of your cores and your punches because a lot of times they're building now, they're building these shell and core buildings where they have no idea what's going to be there. They're just going to build a building and then eventually sell it off. We did a job over in Los Angeles where they built the building a few years ago and Facebook came in and bought the building and said, okay, well, we're going to plan 1,300 holes on this floor and 600 floors and uh, holes on this floor. We're going to have conference rooms here, so we're going to get data and electrical. So they had no idea when they built the building where the holes were going to be. So it was nice to have a lot of information up front. Yeah, that would be a luxury, right? People planning ahead. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> Few and far between yeah. these days, right? Well, yeah, I think the kind of the reuse of the office buildings that no one's using anymore and then them trying to convert it for other uses would keep people like you busy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, You're seeing a lot of old office buildings change into uh, a lot of residential spaces. Um, I know I'm on the West Coast, so I'm, I'm out here in the California, and a lot of the, uh, the high-rise office building has been transferred over to apartments or condos, uh, which means all new plumbing needs to pull, get pulled through. So a lot of, lot of drilling through decks, for sure. Yeah, the, people don't think about when you convert those things, that in an office you ha usually have a centralized bathroom, all the bathrooms in a row. Well, people that want to live in apartments, they don't want to share a bathroom with everybody on the floor. So you got all that plumbing and other electrical things that need to go through there. So that's a lot of <laughs> manipulating well, well, of existing structure. We're spoiled out here in the, the U.S. We don't want to go with that European hostile uh, ideology, a shared bathroom, a shared shower area. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you'd come out, do the scanning that you call him a technician, I guess the guy that actually goes out there and does the scanning and we call GPS, we call them project managers because we feel like a lot of times they're doing a lot more than scanning. They're actually consulting the either general contractor or MEP contractor on, Hey, this is what we're seeing. This is what we recommend maybe going here and here for your holes. So we, we call them project managers. Okay. And then make a recommendation on what tool to use to make that cut or 
hole or drill or what, what, what's the next step after that? Yeah, of course. So once we've laid out where all of the targets, I keep indicating them as targets, but pretty much all the dangers that you want to avoid, then we're going to try to work with the contractor to find the best spot for them to drill or cut. We want to solve their problem as much as they want to solve their problem. So if we if they say we need to get a four inch hole in for a drain line, well, then we're going to try to work and indicate, okay, this is a green box where we're saying you are going to get a clear hole for four inches. And that, that way they can use their drill, but use their core drill and do that. Maybe they're just doing anchors. Well, if they're doing anchors, we'll, we'll indicate how deep are those anchors going? Okay, you're only going three inches. Great. Now we can indicate where the targets are deeper. Maybe the targets are six inches deep. Well, you have no problem drilling an anchor right there if the target's six inches deep. And we can tell the depth of all of those targets in the concrete. I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, so do the layout, pick the tool. What's after that? Well, hopefully it's at that point, we probably wash our hands and say, good luck drilling. And make sure if you drill something all the way through that doesn't drop on anyone on the floor below. But (laughs) that's usually where we can wash our hands. We like to, of course, do follow up and make sure that uh, everything's going well. But it's funny enough, a lot of these projects we're on, repeatedly right so hey they get done doing anything on this floor hey we'll call you back next week we'll be back out to do the next ones so yeah continuous communication with the client for sure all right and then so that we talked about the technology and the safety what else are we missing well i i think the big thing well i i guess i want to mention about concrete safety week if any of your listeners are interested and want more information they can go to concretesafetyweek.org and get a little more information on that. Again, we do go to job sites. We do uh, give that message. And I think you mentioned previously thinking this was a lengthy conversation. Usually it's only about 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of this information is known out there. Uh, Anyone that does drill or cut concrete, they have the idea of, hey, I need to be safe when doing it. But it's good to have the reminder. It's good to bring up, here are the dangers. Here's how we can avoid these dangers. And, and really keeping that on the front of the mind throughout these projects. Yeah, uh, but what do you what do you guys see that maybe is a reoccurring issue or unsafe practice that you guys see out there? There's got to be something. There's a reason why you, you all do this every year. <laughs> yes, some of the most common issues. The most common issue on a job site is slip strips and falls, and a lot of people. When you're thinking, hey, we're drilling concrete, you're not thinking, hey, I'm going to slip, trip, or fall. But it's amazing how much, especially wet drills or wet saws, how much of a slip, a slipping cause that makes. Because that mixture of of silica dust and the moisture, it, it's like you're wearing ice skates uh, on that concrete. And I just mentioned another big key point that we cover in Concrete Safety Week is the exposure of silica dust and silicosis. It, it's something that it's unforeseen, right? I was talking to a kind of a, an old timer that was been doing concrete forever and ever. And he used to joke about having black boogers at the end of the day. He's like, oh, those are work boogers, right? They, and I'm like, well, that's you breathing in a lot of silica dust that can have some really long-term negative aspects on your life and, and can cause silicosis in the long run. I guess a lot of folks try to avoid, there's a lot of the HEPA vac um, attachments now, which are a pain in the butt to drag around. So they do wet cutting 
-hmm. just did some wet cutting at home, actually some tile cutting at home and used a wet saw, which keeps Mm -hmm. that silica dust down. So you guys talk about all that, what options you got to handle those types of concerns. Exactly. And we address it from both sides in Concrete Safety Week, not only from the employee side, the person using the blade, but also from the employer side. What, As a general contractor or as an MEP contractor, what can you do to help provide the training and the tools for your team to make it as easy as possible? And then as the employee, what are some steps? It's one that no one ever thinks of is at the end of the day, before you hop in the car, bang off your clothes. No one ever thinks about this, but they hop in their car, they crank on the AC. What are they breathing the whole way home, right? It, it, all that dust that you just took from the job site, you're breathing that in when that AC is cranking. So l- even little things like that that we try to bring up and hopefully educate someone on a job site to bring some more safety to their lives. I think it's, yeah, a great awareness tool. I, I think companies like the one I work for, this is constantly in front of us. There's, I'm sure, a lot of companies you work with where this is an afterthought. They they call you up and say, "Hey, we just we need to get this done. We need to," and then you guys are like, <laughs> "Understand what you're doing." So no, this is great. And you mentioned you are. So we're coming up on uh, World of Concrete. You're gonna yep. be you're gonna be there as well. Uh, I'm going to be there. We've had a booth in the past, and I think this year I, I was just going to go enjoy the enjoy the show. I'm going to walk around. I've got one of my colleagues going to be with me. We're going to walk around, take it all in, hit some classes, and hopefully do some networking while we're there. So I, I guess if any of your listeners are going to be there and want to find me on LinkedIn, I'd be happy to join up, have a cup of coffee, or to tell you I'm in Southern California, so I know Vegas quite well. If you want to know where the the hottest tables are, maybe I point you in that direction. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. So you want that usually at the end of these things, that's what I ask. So you, is it the best way to get a hold of you through LinkedIn or what else? What other ways are is a good way to get a hold of you? It, yeah, I think through LinkedIn, other than direct email, I don't know if, if, if you do post my direct contact information, but either email or LinkedIn are probably the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Yeah, we can do that. We'll put your email on there and then your website, and I'll put a link onto your concrete sawing and drilling safety week as well. Um, so we get that. That's January 29th through February 2nd. Um, we, we typically try to do it right. Uh, it usually gets paired with World of Concrete. Uh, we don't want to try to uh, share the same week. I feel like we'd be counterproductive. Everyone goes to Vegas and we're trying to uh, train people on their job sites. So we always typically go the week right after World of Concrete. I gotcha. And that, you, the, like you said, you guys are nationwide. You're in California, but you do this nationwide. Correct. Nationwide. I gotcha. All right, Dave. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing about GPR and the technology and how it helps us become safer when we're cutting concrete, which we all do. So thank you, Dave. And folks, until next time, let's keep it concrete. And that concludes another episode of the Concrete Logic Podcast. I hope you got some value out of that episode and learned a thing or two. If you did, visit our website, ConcreteLogicPodcast.com. Click on the Show Support tab and learn how you can be listed as a producer of an episode. Again, that's ConcreteLogicPodcast.com. Click on Show Support tab to learn how you can support the show. And as always, Mike Dutton will take us out.
outside Put some diesel in the lights And wait till the trucks roll up Yeah, this ain't how most folks live their lives Dripping in sweat, working overtime But while they're tying their ties For their nine to fives We're out here changing these skylines With wood, iron and mud We work hard for a dollar Give thanks to the Lord Working hard to get